podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I'm glad to see that you've gone a full old-school reporter. Yeah, your, I really should have. I should have gotten more hardcore with it though, because I just started talking like that. Didn't really know what I was going for. I should have, you know, like, like, yeah. welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. Yeah, it sounds like you're introducing a boxing match in 1941. Right, you right. Know? That's that was that was that was the vibe <laughs> that I was going for this week. I really need to start pre-planning the vibes. No, 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 no. It's it's. I I like it like this. By the okay, way, listeners, right, right. we we never talk about whether JJ is going to go into the JJ five thousand right. uh, robot voice, or if he's going to say "lovely" eighty times, or if he's going to do the old school reporter rah, 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 thing. It, it, it but it so it, it shocks me and it makes me react in the moment. I think that this is good you're podcasting. Right. It's better than the mediocre podcasting that you're, we usually. You're right, but I'm just going to run out of of ways of saying things. <laughs> You could like, just scream it when the, the the thing is too is that I'm awful with accents. Like I, I can't do accents at all. Same. So so like me doing like a British accent to start the show would sound horrendously bad. Oh. I can't even do the Yinzer accent very well and I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh yeah. If we did a British accent together, I think we would end relation the relationship between the United States. Yeah, we and would. Britain. We absolutely would. There's no doubt. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Britain. There you go. Oh, what a segue! Did you see that nice. that Piers Morgan tweet t- yesterday? I guess it was. I did. It was uh, it was tilting uh, to 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 say the least. If I have it, correct me if I'm wrong. But he chastised uh, the guy who plays 007. What's his name? Daniel Craig. He said he Daniel- sent he sent a tweet out and it said O double O seven dot 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 not you as well hashtag papoose, which I didn't know was another way of, I mean, I, I call it a baby carrier. You call it something else, like a baby born, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then hashtag emasculated bond. Oh God. So, so I, we're, we're living in this world where people are, are, are being made fun of essentially for, for wearing their, for, for carrying their child. Well, not just, you know, I mean, in that instance, we're talking about carrying, but it's a it's a culture, hopefully a dying culture, in which men are uh, mocked for caring for their kid. Right. I mean, we're just talking about being being a dad, being a caretaker, uh, which it, which of course you know goes against like the old school thought of you know father should be uh, bringing in bringing home you know the money you know the like the the bread ma- the, the the what do we call it <laughs> the the breadwinner the breadwinner bread maker. Is not what I. Yeah, was I mean, look, about. but but some some dads are bakers, so it's okay. Yeah, right. It's just it's a, a um, typical of a guy like Piers Morgan, but uh, it's also hilarious, I think, to you and me, and other and other people of our generation who don't think twice about you know putting on one of these devices so that you can carry your kid more easily. It's just like, okay, yes, that's, that makes sense to me. And I want, and I want to help raise my child. <laughs> I mean, like, like it, it's, it's to the point where I didn't even think, I would never think anything of 
a father carrying his child around, right? Like the the thought of of uh, mocking that person yeah. is so far out of my mind that I didn't even think it was possible for someone to mock someone for doing that. I I didn't even get it honestly. I when I saw the tweet, I I had to look at it a Same. few times. And then be like, oh, okay, he's a caveman. Right. Like, it's it's crazy to me. I mean, like, I walk around with, with Avery throughout our house, right? Wearing right. wearing the carrier. Because it's just, yes. it's it's you it's, it's very, very handy. It, it, another thing is, I don't know if you've run into this, but um, uh, changing diapers is definitely considered, like, a cuck move by, by dads. Like uh, That's my, crazy. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, I have... I have uncles and a grand uh, and my my grandfather, who uh, are horrified by the fact that I change diapers and that I got pretty good at it. You know, like I I feel like I I'm pretty adept at, at changing a diaper. I can probably do it blindfolded. Right. And it nothing could be more horrifying to them. It, it and it's amazing because I didn't even know I didn't even know I was I was not supposed to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I uh we we have a thing where I do all the poop diapers. They're daddy diapers, right? Like that oh. that's that's what it that's because I I mean it's just it's it's that I feel like you just take on certain interesting roles as a parent, right? Like you're you're splitting things and and maybe one side doesn't really like do it. Like Amanda just doesn't like changing poopy diapers. So I I don't yes. I don't care. And I like it's fine to me. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not sitting here saying like, give me it. I need. I need this poopy diaper really bad. <laughs> but but right. it's fine. And that's that's how we've defined that. Is it's the poopy diaper. It's the daddy diaper. Right. Well, you spend a lot of time on Twitter, so you're used to waiting and shit. And so <laughs> exactly. I think that, that that that's a good transition for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also, Denny, uh, you're in a new location in your house, or or maybe it's someone else's house because because your your wife officially kicked you out. But you're in this location. So Denny, Denny and I use Skype, as you guys know, and I call him, and he pops up, and the video starts. Uh, by the way, uh, floating head JJ is probably going to exist later in this episode. I can already oh, yeah. tell. Um, but, but Denny's sitting in front of all these Dan Marino photos. Okay. There's a, a, a dolphin's pennant behind him. Uh, there's a, there's a stop sign that says danger ahead. Stop dolphins country. (laughs) (laughs) Denny, Denny is in dolphins country right now. But the, the, the creepiest part of it all is there's this, there's this man with a, with a triangle head and an eight ball for an eye. And he's wearing like a bow tie. And yeah. I, and I see him over over Denny's right shoulder, and I freak. I'm like, "Who is this? What yeah. what's going on?" But Denny, you inform me that it's a it's a a, a holder for all the pool tools for your pool table. Yes. I had I had to assure JJ that he had not, in fact, uh, ingested LSD. Right. And 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 that he what he saw was actually there. It's a it's a yes. It's a it's a little man. Um, Who's uh, we used to have a name for him, and I forget what it was. Jacques, maybe. That makes um, sense. I, I don't. I don't know why, but uh, it's a wooden th- creature who whose head is shaped like the you know like the rack triangle, right? And then so you put that there, and then it has a little table that it holds that you put the uh, the chalk uh, on, and then it holds all the cues. We have like seven uh, uh, pool cues. And for our pool table. And so I forgot that that thing was behind me. So when I logged on and said, hi, JJ, I forgot that my friend here is right over my shoulder and we're going to share this image yes. with our, with our patrons. Yeah. I took a, I took a screenshot for, for the patrons. I mean, 
it's 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 pretty creepy, but I, I will say it's kind of a creative way to hold balls and the, the pool sticks and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I, I am creative in holding balls. Let's go on to the um, <laughs> how do we do in week six? Are you a good pool player? Uh, I, I'm not I'm not bad. I, I don't know. I don't know because I only play my dad like that's the only person I play against right. and my dad is really good So he he kicks my ass. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty bad. That's I'm I'm not like I'm competent enough that like if someone's like if I'm at someone's house And they have a pool table and they're like do you want to play pool? Like I'll be like sure I'll play pool like I understand how to play yeah. but I'm I'm very not good. It's like me and pickup basketball I, I used to be JJ. I used to read books on pool. Wow. Yeah, and, and and like study it on. I used to like watch watch pool film and break it down. Wow. Yeah, I I mean I'm not that good anymore, but I used to be pretty good. Wow, you're a pool film grinder. Oh yeah, no, I was I grinded film. Oh man, I was like, oh look at the elbow position there. Wow, the and like hip swivel. Like, well, yeah, the hip swivel while he hits, you know, the top right corner of the ball going for this, you know, over. I'm like, oh my god. And I think back and I'm like, oh hey. That's when I had all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, man, man, oh, man. All right, let's look at what happened in week six. Uh, we had a pretty good defensive streaming week. We had the, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. The Cowboys score 11 fantasy points. They had a pretty good day. The Seahawks put up 17 in a disastrous performance by the Oakland mm. Raiders offense. Thank God we did not stream Derek Carr last week. Oh, thank because you. I do think that on paper, he was a fringe, maybe you want to play him. Um, but I'm glad that we didn't recommend him. Yeah, I, I thought about it. Yeah, me too. Uh, quarterback, not too, too bad. Uh, Jameis Winston was the clear number one streamer last week, and he ended up being the QB1 in fantasy, so uh, that's great. Um, and then we had Baker Mayfield, who didn't look awesome uh, against that Chargers defense. You know, we kind of didn't have a great feeling about Baker going into that game. We thought that he could have maybe – I thought that he would maybe put like put up like 15 or 16 rather than the 12 that he posted. That's yeah, kind of sure. where my head was at. Um, but then luckily Case Keenum had a pretty good outing. I was I was I was sort of tilting watching the Monday night game because so guys Denny and I go through these picks and we're DMing each other back and forth and we're saying like you know here, here's who you know this guy makes sense this guy doesn't make sense yada 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 so we have a list of a lot of guys that we're going through because we're going through every single quarterback and every tight end that we can think of that that are owned in in very few leagues in order for you guys to stream and one guy that we talked about via DM was CJ Beathard. And when we watched him go off in the first half on Monday night, it was, it was extremely oh. tilting, right? Like, like I, I was scared that I was just so upset with myself that we didn't recommend him. Yeah. It well, it was clear. Like it was clear that they had a great game plan and that they were just going to manage him. And, and then he hit the big, the big one. And I was like, Oh no. Oh God. What have we done? I mean, thankfully, what did he end up with? 18 points. Yeah. He, he actually case Keenum was the better play between the two. So we did recommend the better one of the deep guys. So I was, I was pleased with that. At least. Yeah. You know, Keenum, it was weird. It was a weird thing where you're watching that, that, that Denver game and you're thinking if Keenum doesn't get benched, he's going to do really well here. Yeah. He's, you know, he's like, horrible. He's terrible. Really bad. It's almost like last year was a, was an insane outlier. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it was pretty easy to spot that. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, And then at tight end, we had Cameron Brait. He found the end zone, but he still only had eight and a half PPR points. We had Niles Paul, who became oh, the God. second straight tight end for Jacksonville that we recommended in consecutive weeks to get injured mid game and give you, but this time, this time, Denny, instead of giving us zero points, like ASJ did before he got hurt against the chiefs, 
Niles Paul gave us minus 0.3. Minus, you would have been better playing no one than LTS uh, uh, icon Niles Paul. Uh, And he was injured early in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he only played three snaps. Oh, my. I mean, what in the world? This is the... the, This guy has the hardest luck in the world. He does. The second hardest... Yeah, the second hardest luck in the world belongs to us. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Um, But CJ Uzama ended up with 11.4 points. He was was being targeted a good bit. Uh, It was a good matchup for him. It made sense. And I have a feeling, Denny, that we're going to be talking about him again here on today's episode. I, I too have a strange feeling. So let's get into week seven. Denny, why don't yeah. you kick things off with the defense? Yes, Jets defense. Uh, so it's a little weird, but we we can't really be too picky with uh, streaming defenses, especially with people with teams on by. And with the slate this week, it's not great. But the Jets defense, they're at home. They're against the, the Vikings, you know, high-powered offense, the kind of offense we usually target with streamers. I'm kidding. But the uh, but uh, here's something. Here's something. The Jets are the third highest-scoring defense in all of fantasy football, and they're available in 65% of leagues. So that is the something that I wanted to share with the people. Um, Minnesota gives up the six-most schedule-adjusted fantasy points to defenses, allowing at least four sacks in four of their six games. Uh I, I mean, I knew that the Minnesota offensive line was suspect, but that is quite the stat. Uh, the Jets have scored double-digit fantasy points in two of their three home games so far this season, and only Cleveland uh, has more takeaways than the Jets through six weeks. I, I think that the the Jets here uh, against the Vikings have some sort of floor, uh, even though you know they are going up against an offense that can it potentially put up, you know, put up a lot of points. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a good offense and this is a typical streaming recommendation where, um, you know, it's a, it's a deeper play ish. Well, at least compared to the other defense we're going to talk about, but at the same time, um, it's one of those situations where the offense, you know, you can't, you can't just look at how many points an offense is going to score and say, I'm not going to stream this defense because of that. No, yeah, exactly. And I mean, they're like I said, they're giving up sacks. Uh, uh, the Vikings are giving up turnovers. The, the Jets are creating turnovers. Again, they're at home. I know that we rarely recommend a defense that comes into a game as an underdog. Right. Uh, but I don't feel terrible about this one. I think that the Jets are three and a half point uh, underdogs here. Uh, the defense that I'm going to talk about is is the consensus top streamer of the week, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts are facing the Bills, so obviously uh, people are going to be on them because the Bills have been very bad offensively. And it doesn't even matter who they're going to start at quarterback this week. I don't care no. if it's Nate Peterman. I don't care if it's Denny's low-key crush, Derek Anderson. I don't oh. care who it is. It's a good matchup for the Colts. It's a great matchup for the Colts. The Bills have allowed a top six defensive performance in four of their six games this year. They're allowing... One and a half interceptions and four sacks per game. That's insane. So yeah. the, the Colts are at home. They're big favorites. You just have to stream against the Bills. That's 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 bottom line. That's the the offense that you target week in and week out. Yeah. No. It, uh, and t- people will ask about uh, talent on the Colts defense. It doesn't matter. As the Rock might say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, at quarterback, we have a lot of them this week. Um, and the reason is because there are a lot of good matchups and 
we don't want to miss out on talking about some guys because then we're going to hear from people saying, why didn't you mention this player? Why didn't you mention this player? So we have, we have, we have five quarterbacks. I'm sorry to the haters that want us to only recommend one or two. We have five because I, I think that they're all fairly equal except for one who Denny will talk about who is just owned in far too many leagues. So technically it's kind of like four streamers this week. Um, I'll, I'll kick things off though. Yes, go ahead. I, I like Eli Manning this week. My God. He's facing the Falcons. The Falcons secondary ranks 31st according to number, number fires, uh, adjusted net expected points metric. Uh, so they're bad against the pass. Since, since facing Nick Foles in week one, mm-hmm. and since they've seen a bunch of defensive injuries since that time, every quarterback that the Falcons have faced have posted a top nine fantasy performance. Wow. I don't even care who they face. They face good quarterbacks, but I don't I don't care. Like to 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 show that kind of consistency in 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 today's game where there's so yeah. much parity at the quarterback position is crazy. They're they're in Atlanta in this game. It's a domed environment. There's a really high over under. It's a 54 point over under, I believe. Uh, the Falcons are only six are, are are six point favorites, which you know that's not you know you don't love that. You don't love to see that. But six points isn't that significant when you're talking about such a bad Giants team. Right. So I, I I think that Eli is actually in a pretty good bounce back spot against a really bad defense. I I, I think that Eli. Uh, can pass for over 200 yards on checks check downs alone yeah the, I, I mean look that, that's exactly what what this falcon i know there's a lot of chatter on the twitter about whether defenses matter and if you know the, the falcons defense is really a defense that allows these short passes to running backs and just kind of gives up that area of the field i'm a believer that there is something to it because of the way their scheme is um but even still um it, it's a good matchup Right. Like it is. It's, it's it's whether you believe in in what people are saying about defenses or not, like if this is any sort of of tiebreaker or what, like if I mean, you, you have to believe that there's something to those those small instances within a within a game. Yeah, I, I mean, small I think that, yeah, I think that there's a reason uh, why quarterbacks are extremely efficient and successful against. The Falcons defense. I mean, I Peyton Peyton Barber was heavily involved. Peyton Barber went nuts last week. Mm. Like you, it's it's just it's very difficult for me to. And I'm I'm going to research this a little bit over the offseason and just dig into it. And and this is nothing against anyone who's saying defenses don't matter because I I think my belief with the whole defense thing, and this is an important topic, just because we talk about defensive matchups on the show all the time. My my stance on the defenses don't matter thing is that I agree to it to a degree. Where we there are instances in the fantasy football world where analysts are far overstating what a matchup is doing for for a player, with with quarterbacks specifically, uh, I think that they can I know that they can control a lot more of the game. So naturally, it's going to be easier to say a matchup matters more at that position than it does at say the tight end position. But that's also why with quarterbacks we do focus more on the matchups, but with tight ends we're focusing yeah. on volume, we're focusing on routes run, we're focusing on things that are inherent to the offense itself. That's right. I mean, we we if we find a, a tight end, if I could say we 15 more times, that'd be great. If we find a tight end who's getting a ton of snaps, running a good amount of routes and getting good targets and they're facing a team that's maybe, you know, giving up the fifth, you know, fewest fantasy points to tight ends, we'll still point that player out as as a good play. Right. Right. 
I mean, look, there, there's to me, there's just a lot of nuance to this kind of stuff. And again, it has it's nothing against the people who are talking about defense is not mattering. Very smart people who are talking about that that subject. Um, but but I do think that when it comes to quarterbacks specifically, matchups are going to matter a lot more than at wide receiver and running back and tight end for sure. Uh, but then with tight ends, it's why we focus on things like this guy's seeing more volume in his offense because the number one thing that you need to look at is how the offense is performing itself and how much volume these players are getting within their offense. And then the matchup piece is secondary. But with quarterbacks, it's just slightly different. So that's why I do think that the, the Falcons matchup naturally, you know, there is something to it. And that's why they've been so bad against opposing quarterbacks. Yes, I'm with you. All right, Denny, give us another quarterback streamer. Yeah, so the the JJ referenced the quarterback that will uh, make the not-in-my-league folks uh, tilt out of their skin and that's uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry, I you know we have to we have to talk about we have to the we had to talk about the quarterback playing against the Bucks. Now the uh, now Mayfield is owned in 42 percent of leagues, which is uh, right around the percentage that I'm owned in leagues. Uh, he actually, I think, his percent ownership percentage could drop after a really disappointing uh, performance that left you know a bad taste in in, in people's mouths. So. Um, I'll try not to reference people's mouths from here on out, but the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but his, but he could be he could be available in your league uh, tomorrow if he's not today is what I'm saying. Uh, so he hasn't been good. He's he's completed fifty fifty five percent of his passes uh, so far as a starter. Uh, that's a fifteen point drop from his college career for what that's worth. Uh, he's managed less than thirteen fantasy points in two of his three starts. Uh, and he has Mayfield has four touchdowns and five interceptions. And in my notes, the next thing I have is, but the Bucks in right. all caps, right? But the Bucks they give up the most adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks by far. Uh, only one quarterback has scored less than twenty four points against them. It's crazy. I mean, it's amazing. And it was Foles, by the way. That was Foles who. Went for three hundred and thirty yards. Yeah, basically, basically Nick Foles ruins. Uh, like if if Nick Foles never faced Tampa Bay and Atlanta, oh. then then their numbers would be even more egregious. Right, right. So, but I mean, yeah, Foles did not score twenty four points like everybody else. He did throw for three hundred and thirty four yards. Uh, you know, maybe in <laughs> maybe in this game, it doesn't matter a whole lot that Mayfield has been terribly inaccurate. Uh, because the Bucks give up a 76% completion rate, which is the highest in the league uh, so far, and it's not close. Like no one is close to giving up 76% completion rate. Uh, this game has a, a 49 and a half point Vegas total, which is not hateful. Uh, and you know, if uh, hopefully his injury is not is not bad. I know he turned his ankle yeah. running out of bounds last week, but. Um, you know, if you have them, I think that you can play them again. It, uh, the situation is right. Yeah, I agree. Tampa Bay's defense is absolutely horrific. Uh, another quarterback that you can stream. Uh, by the way, the next 35 minutes, we're going to be talking about quarterbacks that you can stream. Uh, <laughs> but the other, another one you can stream is Joe Flacco. Um, I found this kind of interesting. The Ravens in neutral game scripts have the second highest pass to rush ratio in the NFL. The only yeah. the only team with a higher pass to rush ratio in neutral scripts is Indianapolis this season. They're like a passing team. Yeah, you know? and and the reason they're they're thirteenth in overall pass to rush ratio, 
um, but they're second in, in neutral scripts. And I think that we could see a neutral script this week. Uh, they're two and a half point favorites. They're at home and they're facing New Orleans. So, I mean, it, it's a good matchup in general, just for real football purposes. I mean, they're two really good teams. Um, but if you look at the Saints, they have the, the fourth worst schedule adjusted secondary, according to number fires metrics. They're top 10 in average depth of target faced. And Joe Flacco has a pretty high 8.7 A dot. Um, so I think it could be a John Brown game. You know, they could they could heave it deep and take advantage of that secondary. Um, I just, you know, it's a 49 and a half point over under. It could be a highish scoring game. Joe Flacco's at home. Uh, I think that he's a, a fairly safe option in this matchup. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm on that train. I really like Flacco this week. Um, and then you, do we have any more? Is it me again? One more time? Yeah. I can I can go. Oh no, you do have one more. Okay, yeah, I do. Yes, it's uh, Trubisky, who I, I who I alternate between calling Goat Bisky and Woat Bisky. Yes, uh, depending on on how much I'm tilting on a on a given Sunday. Uh, so, you know, the, the the Bears are at home here against the Patriots. Uh, they're but they're four and a half point underdogs. Uh, so again, you know, that's not usually what we're going after when we're talking about the hashtag process, but. Um, it is what it is. He's, he's available. So Trubisky is available in around 70% of leagues and he has, he seems to have figured out something. The coaching staff seems to have done something over the past couple games for Chicago. Trubisky has 70 fantasy points over yeah. two games. He, he has but, a, he has a 16% touchdown rate over the last two games. Yeah. Nine touchdowns. I mean, of course, that's uh, uh, totally inflated by that insane performance against Tampa, the the aforementioned terrible Tampa defense. Um, uh, both of those games, he went over 300 yards. Uh, Patriots give up just a little more than Oakland in schedule adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks. And, you know, we think of <clears throat> we think of the Raiders as an obvious target for streaming quarterbacks. Uh, so, you know, why, why I don't, you know, why not kind of group the Patriots in, into that, uh, into that group, uh, Trubisky has at least three rushing attempts. So he does give us some Konami appeal. He has at least three rushing attempts in four of five games. He had eight rushing attempts last week against Miami. And here's a nugget. You ready for a nugget? Yeah. I want to hear this nugget. All right. The nugget is. 93.8% of touchdowns scored against the Patriots this year have come via the pass. Wow, that's pretty that's a pretty good nug. That's that's I like the nug. Uh they they've allowed multiple touchdown pass uh passes in four of six games and this game has a 49 and a half Ve- uh, Vegas to- total. So, you know, Trubisky could fall into a couple touchdowns here pretty easily. Yeah, definitely don't mind Trubisky. Uh, and then the last quarterback is the one that we talked about earlier a little bit, C.J. Beathard. Um, the, Rams, the Rams have not been that great against the pass this season, especially since Aqib Tlaib went down. Uh, over the last three weeks without Tlaib, Cousins was the QB4. You remember that game? The crazy, wasn't that the Thursday night game? Uh, yeah. Russell Wilson was the QB12. They looked bad against that, that, C- that Seattle offense. And then obviously this past week, Case Keenum was the QB 14. So they haven't been very good without Tlaib. Beathard hasn't been all that bad himself either. He has a success rate uh, that's higher than 47%, which is the positive or the, the percentage of positive expected points uh, plays made by a, a player, by a quarterback in this case. That 47% success rate is on par with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, wow. 
So he's at home. They're big underdogs. That's not great. But we also have seen C.J. Beathard as a big underdog in these huge negative game scripts just kind of ball out because he just <laughs> he just he sort of degaffs right. And so I I'm kind of into that uh, as a deeper streamer this week. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm kind of excited about like the the Niners' plan to just like keep throwing it no matter what. I yeah. I don't I don't mind that. All right, Denny, tight ends. Tight ends. Uh, I have Ricky Seals Jones for the folks. Uh, we're back. We're back on RSJ. Uh, better than ASJ, I guess. Uh, so the the Cardinals are playing the Broncos. That's Thursday night, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he's available. First of all, RSJ is available in eighty four percent of leagues. Um, he has five, six, and six targets in games started by Josh Rosen, though it though it hasn't amounted to much, uh, you know. Admittedly, he had one game where he had six targets and zero catches, so not great. But uh, RSJ plays eighty percent of Arizona's offensive snaps, and the the matchup is decent, you know, with uh, Denver allowing thirteen point seven schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. Also, I think it's important to keep in mind here, Denver has played a bunch of teams that simply don't use their tight ends, including the Ravens, Jets, and Rams. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are teams that we don't ever talk about as far as using uh, uh, tight ends, and, and it's for especially, a reason. Especially the Jets and the and the Rams. Yeah, the Ravens are a little different. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Seattle, KC, and Oakland tight ends all shredded the Broncos this year. So I think that the matchup is a little better than it's, than it looks on paper, but you know, most importantly, he's playing a ton of snaps. He's running a good amount of routes. Yeah. Which is good. My only fear, my only fear with the Cardinals in general this week is the same fear that I have with them every week is that they're pacing for so few plays this year. I know. Like they, I looked it up actually today. They, they through the first six weeks of the season, they rank in sixth worst in plays run in NFL history. Is this is this because of the combination of the defense can't get off the field and they're slow to get up to the line? Yeah, it's it's a combination of everything. And, and I think I think what's really scary about a matchup like this is that Denver has had a lot of success on the ground, and I have a feeling that they could just pound the rock throughout this game and really just get this game slowed down and just just run very few plays in general. Uh, and then that's just going to force, obviously, the the Cardinals. I mean, it's just it's or a guy like RSJ to not see as much volume and so on. But I I do think that RSJ is still a good streamer. It's just that they might run fifteen to twenty fewer plays than what a normal offense would run in this situation. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't shape up for a game that you you know you, RSJ will see 10, 12 targets and, and nothing right. like that. Right. Right. Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to go back to CJ Ozama. Uh, the chiefs have allowed the fourth most tight end receptions and the most yards to the tight end position this year. Um, with no Tyler Croft and Tyler Eifert without the Tyler's his, his pals, um, CJ Ozama played 92% of Cincinnati snaps, um, mm-hmm. last week. And he also ran the fourth most routes at the tight end position in football. I, I think that Uzama is actually like a really, really legitimate play this week, like a super legit play. He, well, I mean, he, he, what you said, he scored 11 or 12 points last yeah, week. Yeah, 11 and a half. And, and, and that seemed low compared to the amount of involvement that he had in that passing attack. Yeah. So I, I like Azama. Uh, you could also play RSJ. And then at quarterback, we have Joe Flacco, CJ Beathard, Mitch Trubisky, Eli Manning, and Baker if he's out there. 
And then on defense, we have the Jets and the Colts. All right. All right, Denny, let's get to Twitter, and we'll answer some questions via Twitter. This first one's from at Justin Freeman 18. Have you guys noticed improvement in your reaction time since becoming dads? I'm a firm believer that dad reflexes are a real thing. Ain't no pacifiers hitting the ground on my watch. Oh, yeah. You become a little bit like Neo from the Matrix. Yeah, the, uh, the thing, I, I've noticed it already. Yeah, where, uh, yeah, like the pacifier is falling and suddenly time slows down by, you know, by a factor of one million and yeah. you're able to scoop it up before it touches the floor. Or your child is is in the process of tripping and falling on the cement and somehow you either get a foot underneath to, to soften the blow or you're able to grab like the back of a shirt or something like that. You find yourself doing these things and and then you're you don't know how you did it. It's it's kind of crazy. There's some good compilations online of uh, of of dads saving their children. Yeah, it, it, they are good. They're kind of one of them is like a car sliding into a convenience store. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy just reaches down and grabs the kid. That that blew my mind. Like that that's a dad move. It's that's like a sixth sense, right? Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, not to get too serious. Thanks for the question, Justin. I'm sorry I'm taking it really seriously, but I think that there is some some something to be said about like the uh um the, the, the fact awareness. the factor the fact yeah the factor of of survival for your offspring. Yeah, like, no, for like sure. That. I mean, we see it in other in other animals. Why? I mean, why wouldn't that not be the case for us? Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think that those compilations kind of show that <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a very entertaining way. I think that you just have more awareness. I mean, there are, there are certain situations where you just generally have more awareness of what's going on. It's like that flow state, right? That be, I mean, like, like you can get in different states of mind in different yeah. in, like areas of your life. And I think that if you're around your kid, you're just naturally in more of like a protective, and you know, f- you have more of a protective feel of what's going on. Yeah, I think once you grasp how helpless they are, that that fuels the the, yeah. the need to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I say this with two and a half months of experience. By the way, by the way, baby Avery rolled over this week. Oh my! Get out of here. Yeah, two and a half months rolling over. A roly poly, unbelievable. Yeah, big timing. All right, next question. At Didymus, who would have a higher wins above replacement? Mike McCarthy with Fisher's Rams or Jeff Fisher with Mike McCarthy's Packers? of the last four seasons. This is basically asking who's the better head coach. I guess McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, I guess that has to be the, I don't think I, I personally don't think that Mike McCarthy was the problem on, on Monday night. The offense was kind of fine. It, yeah. was, it wasn't horrible. The, the, the usage of Aaron Jones is still tilting, but I talked about this on the late round podcast. It, it's, it's really hard for me in one breath to say, in real football, running backs don't matter. And, yeah. the, and then in the next breath, say, you have to utilize this running back because he's better. Yeah, that is that is hard. But they don't they don't use a lot, utilize any running back. Well, so so my 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 real my my sort of feeling towards it, though, came down to uh, if we're expecting coaches, if coaches think running backs matter, then we should expect coaches to be optimal with their choices as to which running back is on the field. Right. Right. So if that's the case, then Aaron Jones should be on the field. But yeah, they, 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 it's, it is kind of baffling. And then like, I hate how teams don't like you, like, 
Like Aaron Jones can't pass block. Well, that that like you don't know the you don't know the true difference between Jamal Williams pass blocking and Aaron Jones's pass blocking. Oh like, my god, it's so obnoxious. But I don't it, I don't it, I don't want to I don't want to get worked up over this. It's too late. You already are. But uh, pass <laughs> pass blocking Twitter is the worst Twitter. It's like quantify it. Tell me why pass blocking from an elite pass blocker to a not so elite pass blocker is that significant? Like. What is the actual difference between the two? Is it that a guy's going to be under pressure? Like, how much more is a guy going to be under pressure? Not only that, but people think that third down backs should be good pass blockers when they're going out and catching passes. The, you, a third down back should be someone who is good with, his, with the ball in his hands. Right. Because he yeah. should catch passes. Right. No, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't say, he, you know, he doesn't come in on third downs because he can't. Uh, can't pass block when that's not why he's a third down back. Right. It's just, it's like, so, so crazy. There's so much backwards logic to it all. All right. Let's get to the next question. All right. This one's from at Mr. Traub tweets. Recently, a guy stripped naked and did a back dive into a shark tank at a Toronto aquarium. What's the most foolish thing that you've done besides streaming Case Keenum? <laughs> Very funny. I'm not, I'm not as much of like a, a risk taker as as a, a someone jumping naked into an aquarium um i don't get i don't get like super you know up, yeah uh, super excited about doing crazy stuff like that the only the only stupid thing that i did once is i i uh and i hope he's listening to this podcast right now one of my buddies back in the day i was in college it was when i i went to I, for, for for folks who don't know i went to north carolina state for a semester and then i transferred to Pitt. So I was at NC State for a semester down in Raleigh, and then I went back home to Pitt. But when I was at NC State, I met a really good friend of mine who now, I mean, he lives in Charlotte, and we like we stayed in touch and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he, we, we, we may have had a few drinks, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I was on his back. He was he was <laughs> piggyback riding me, and he and he fell, and I scraped my entire face on the pavement. Oh, and I thought that I was gonna lose my eye. Oh but I man! Didn't. But that was a very uh, foolish thing for me to do. Uh, I was 11, and my dad, for some reason, bought a golf cart. Like he bought a golf cart to bring home. That's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. And yeah, so he what he did was he made it so that we could stand on the back of the golf. This is like an old golf cart, right? The back of the golf cart while he uh, while he drove it around the neighborhood. And so, uh, you know, it was not safe to begin with, but my friend and I are on the back of the golf cart and we're going downhill, uh, to the point where like the, the, the thing, the golf cart is like shaking. We're going so fast down the hill. And I turn to him and I say, uh, how much you want to bet? I can, I can jump and land on my feet. Oh God. Danny. And he's like, he's like, I'm not betting anything. You can't do it. It's not possible. I said, I, I can, I can do it. I can do it. Trust me. I'm going to, I'm going to land on my feet. I'm going to stay there. So I do it. Long story short, I jump, I land on my feet. I remember the feeling of actually like being on my feet on the pavement for approximately 0.2 seconds right? and then hitting the ground and rolling forever down the hill. <laughs> I was so messed up. I had scrapes and blood all over me. I, it looked like a massacre. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Dude, it's and not only that. After I fell and and destroyed my face, okay, on the on the pavement, okay, I, I like went back to my dorm and I was like washing it off, 
And then the next day is the worst day because not only do I sober up like a college, you know, it's, it's, it's college. I sober up and my face is, is just like, it's got that like brown goop all, all over it all <sighs> for the next, for the next month. I would be walking to class and people would just be staring at me. Oh man. Just the, the worst feeling, just the dumbest decision that I could have possibly made. Dude, oh, it was infected or what? It wasn't, it wasn't infected. It was just like a, like a, just like it Ugh. healing. And it just, I had to put stuff on it every day. And now whenever I get sunburned, it like pot or like get, uh, get sun on my face. It like, you can see the outline of it a little bit. No way. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh. All because, all because it was a big football game. NC state won. We were having a great time. And my buddy decided that he was going to carry me to get pizza and he freaking tripped and my face just scraped all over the pavement. This will teach you not to get pizza. That's, I think that's the lesson here, right? Yeah. Guys, quit getting pizza. This next question is from at Troy Likes Stuff. What are your thoughts on recommending the podcast? I love the show, but recommending it to friends I'm in leagues with, especially with cash on the line, seems like a bad strategic move. Want to promote the hashtag brand, but need to keep every advantage I have as well. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with people not telling their league mates <laughs> about us. You know, yeah. I, I you know I I don't. That's that's not really. I don't think that's how word spreads anyway. But uh, but I you know I'm glad that you think that the hashtag content is is decent enough that you don't want to share it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, you can do as you wish. If you if you meet other people who aren't uh-huh. in your league, then feel free to share it with them. Right, and if you want to get a tattoo on your neck that says "Living the Stream," right. then please, please feel free to do that. Just get, just get a giant the the green plus sign and put it put it on your neck. Yeah, and say it's from my favorite fishing podcast. Right, right. Uh, this next question is from at Nathan C McGee. I stopped playing fantasy football this year, and yet I still listen. What is wrong with me? Every, is- everything is wrong with you. What? <laughs> <laughs> everything is wrong with you. What are you doing? All right. Wait. It was. Was that it? That was it. Okay. Okay. I. I did. I did wonder about that. I. There was someone who DM'd me a few months ago. Who said I don't play fantasy football anymore because they disagree with the the politics of the league and whatnot. And and but but I love the show. He said. And I was like, you listen to our mediocre BS, even though you're not playing the game. Yeah. It seems like a terrible idea. Next question from at underscore AJ Morris. What is going on with Keenan Allen? I'll tell you what's going on with Keenan Allen. He's just not finding the end zone. That's that's the main issue with him. His A dot's a little bit lower than last year, but like his, his target share is not terrible. Uh, he's just one of those. He he's a he's a positive touchdown regression candidate. I think he's still a buy. Mm-hmm. Next question at Tron Nyar MC. Oh okay. oh Tronier Tronier. MC. Tronier. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm, I'm gonna say. It's I'm gonna say it's Tronier, like a like a French name. Like it. Am I am I a glutton for punishment, wanting to hold David Johnson all season? Well, I mean, what are you gonna do with him? Right. I mean, <laughs> it, there it was insane after the Alvin Kamara game. You know where he didn't get much usage. People were like, "Should I trade David Johnson for Alvin Kamara?" And I wanted to take my laptop and smash it over my head. <laughs> and, 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 and anger because like like why would you not do that like what david johnson is has com- been completely touchdown dependent so far this year 
Yeah, no, if he doesn't score a touchdown, then it's a disaster. Right. He's he is an RB2 right now. I mean, that, yeah, that's I mean, how you have to view him. It's it's kind of like how we think of tight ends, like it's touchdown or bust, and unfortunately, because the 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 Cardinals have the least inventive, almost intentionally dull offensive attack that uh, David Johnson is now touchdown or bust, which is an amazing thing to say, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's not. They're not using him creatively in the passing game. They're not a good offense. So the score, it, it's honestly very fortunate that he has scored all the touchdowns that he has to start the year. And there are some people that have hit me, hit my mentions, and they're like, "Well, he's just good at scoring touchdowns." Stop. Oh. Stop. Stop. Stop that. We don't. We don't need that. This, what, this, what? That's not how this works. He's good at so so okay so are we saying that he, he kicks into a second gear once he sniffs the end zone right like what what is the, this it's such a it's such a bad ignorant take it just annoys well, me yeah I mean it's a it's a you know typical like announcer take right you know right. he just has a nose for the end zone right. all right this next one's from our buddy Tom from at the rad carpet it says for Denny so this is for you Denny would you rather drink a pumpkin spiced IPA without anyone finding out or not drink it, but have the entire world convinced that you did and that you liked it with no possible way of convincing them otherwise? Oh, oh, dude, I'm, I'm drinking it by myself and not telling anybody. That's not, that's not even close. I, I'll not, I will never give in to this, uh, uh, to, to big pumpkin spice IPA nonsense. No, no way. I'm, I'm taking that bullet by myself, by my lonesome, I'm going to wash it down with a, with a good natural light. I'm, I'm convinced that, that you actually love the things that you say that you hate on Twitter. Uh, uh, if, if, no, that, I will say some of it I don't hate, the stuff that I talk about, but the pumpkin beer for sure I find disgusting. And I used to I used to drink it and be like, mmm, it's good. I kind of like it, but I never did. I was just saying that. I was just saying that. The, I don't I don't mind some pumpkin beers. I'll say I'll say that. But the ones that are like super, super sweet, get that get that out of my mouth. Really? Oh, awful. Awful. Next question from at Peter Overzet. He says, hearing the Atlanta beat writers hate the quote Judge Ito Smith nickname. I'm proposing we call him Edo S or I Smith instead. Thoughts, JJ? So here, here's what here's what Pete's putting me on tilt right now. Okay. 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 So the reason that he's tweeting this is because last week, among the craziness that was going on on Twitter, last week, uh, people were talking about the nickname Babytron versus Kenny G. Okay. The fantasy footballers, you guys probably listen to them because everyone listens to them. They're great friends of mine. Okay. But they're 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 pushing this nickname Kenny G, and they have been over the you know since since Galladay entered the league, and it's an awful nickname because it's not a nickname. That's like us nicknaming Denny Carter Denny C. No Boom. one no one is calling him Yo Denny C. What's going on, man? No, no, Babytron is the nickname. By the way, if you go to Pro Football Reference, go look at Kenny Galladay's nickname on there, and it's Babytron. Yeah, so it's not Kenny G. It's not Kenny G. Look, look, I it's it's fun. It's all in fun, and the footballers have like their little like Kenny G uh, references that they throw out there. All and it's 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 all in fun. But look, look, Kenny G is another thing that you can call someone. It's not an actual nickname. And right. and and to the to the people out there, Denny, 
who say that who who ask me if if Kenny Galladay hates the name Babytron, would you stop calling him? No, I wouldn't stop calling him that. You don't get to choose what your nickname is. So is part of the argument that it's condescending to him to be called like like little Calvin Johnson? I think it's it's a combination of that with people in Detroit hating any comparison to Calvin Johnson. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's not like you're calling a slot receiver, you know, baby Tron. You're talking about an enormous wide receiver who has crazy measurables. Right. I mean, I think that, that the, the real answer here is that you guys should have been first to nickname him and then we wouldn't have this problem. Right. No, I mean, yeah, if his if his name wasn't Babytron, it wouldn't be Babytron, just like what's his name said in the Facebook movie. Yeah, if, right. If exactly. you own Facebook, you would own Facebook That's or whatever right. he said. That's right. Next question. At little den den thirteen. What the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Coleman owners are excited, but could Smith overtake him as a Coleman owner? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, starting Tevin Coleman is not fun, as I said on Sunday. It's, it's not, not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. And if Edo Smith had that role all to himself, he would be like the RB3 from here on out. <laughs> Tevin, so, Tevin Coleman might, like, Tevin Coleman consistently, like, he looks really good. You watch yeah. you watch Tevin Coleman, and you're like, he's a good football, he's good at running back. And then yeah. you look at advanced metrics, and his success rate, which is the one that, the metric I always go to for running backs, because it's just a lot, it's, it's just a better, it's not skewed by big runs and stuff. His success rate is always really, really low. It's really, really, and this year it's like ten percentage points lower than Edo Smith's. I don't know. Like my film take on him is that every time I watch him, he he seems to look for the nearest defender and just run into him as fast as he can. It, and you're like, maybe since you're fast, you should avoid the defender and then keep going. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's good, but I, I do think that there he might be a little bit overrated. But regardless, regardless, uh, the split is probably going to be like Tevin Tevin Coleman seeing fifty to sixty percent of the team snaps each week, and then and then yeah. Ito seeing forty to fifty percent. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, but if if you if for some reason Ito is not rostered in your league, you have to get him. Yeah, I, I'm I'm an Ito fan. I was an Ito truther from a prospecting standpoint. I kept tweeting about how angry I was that he didn't that he wasn't invited to the combine. Yeah. And and then he I think he was a fourth rounder to Atlanta, but Edo Smith, especially honestly though too, if you're in a keeper league, I thought that they were drafting Edo because Tevin Coleman was a free agent next year. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that two-headed monster uh formulates with with Devontae Freeman the next year. So if you're in a keeper league or even a dynasty league, I think that Edo has uh long-standing value. I mean, a lot of people in dynasty know that already, but just to throw it out there, I I love Edo Smith. I really really liked him as a prospect. Right. And I think just to emphasize running backs don't matter. Okay. On to the next question. So this next one's from at Tampa two tone thoughts on the chargers and Washington defense this week. So the chargers who the chargers, they get the Titans, right? Yeah. In, in London, in, in London, in London. So that's not a bad play. Um, and then the, the Washington gets Dallas at Washington as one and a half point favorites. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I like Washington there. Sure. Yeah. I think they're both good plays. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would, I think you have to go with the Chargers, right? Tennessee's I, Tennessee's offense looks like looks like uh, Denny and I put together a team, and then we just were being coached by this overhyped offensive coordinator. Oh my God! I mean, what in the world is going on there? Can you even can you confidently start anyone from the Titans? No, 
Derek Derek Henry shouldn't even be rostered in twelve team leagues. Uh, Deion Lewis is hardly usable. Deion Lewis is the only one that, and Corey Davis maybe. Corey, the thing that's so tilting about the offense is that Corey Davis, if he if they had an average offense and with average quarterback play, yeah, Corey Davis would be a wide receiver one in fantasy football. Right. Yes, it, it, his, his peripheral numbers are out of control. Like. He's seeing so he's got a crazy high target share. He's seeing red zone looks. I mean, it's all there, and the offense is just so inept that that. I mean, to be fair, they faced a pretty tough schedule to start the year, um, so they might be like a buy low later in the season. But right now, man, it's really really tough to start anyone there. Yeah, it looks like the Chargers are six and a half point favorites against the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like the Chargers. Sure. Yeah, Chargers are good. Uh, this next question is from at Weagle eighty five. When down to the last bit of cereal in the box, do you eat cereal, Denny? Occasionally. Yeah, okay. I like cereal. I like old women cereal, as I like to say, the high fiber stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't all, I feel like it all is like, we're packed with fiber. We'll make you poop within seconds. Oh, I love it. It's the, the best way to start a morning is a high fiber cereal. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing better with some almond milk. So it says, when down to the last bit of cereal in the box, is it acceptable to mix two kinds of cereal to make a full bowl? Okay. Then he says, honey nut Cheerios and frosted mini wheats are a weird but surprising great combination. Also, maybe mention Facebook group again. We haven't had any new members lately. Okay. So this is from Greg Bryant. Greg runs the Facebook page for living the, the fan page for living the stream. Feel free to, to search living the stream on, on Facebook and it'll pop up. Um, and you can, you can request to join it. It's actually a pretty fun community. It is. It is a good group. I would, I would recommend the Facebookers out there to, to, to join, uh, getting back to the cereal. I think that that's an okay combo. Actually. I I thought that I was going to be really belligerent about this, but I've decided not to be. And, and Cheerios and what is it? Cheerios and it's Cheerios and frosted mini weeds and frosted. No, that, that, no, that's good. Now, if we're talking about like some sort of horrific chocolate cereal and um i don't know uh the what's the f- multicolored fruity, fruity fruity pebbles or tricks or something like that tricks yeah and that now that's that's an abomination and, and 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 it should come with with prison time but the <laughs> uh but i think that that combo that combo works i will bless that combo what what's your take on what what do they call it whenever you get all the remember it's called pop but when you get all the pop from the machine at, at a at a place, there's an actual name for it. Like when you go down the row and you get every single type of pop that's there and mix really? it all into one drink. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I used to do that at Chuck E. Cheese, and I used to pretend like it was good, but I think I was just horrified at how it tasted. Actually, yeah, it was. I think it's it's pretty horrific, actually. Can I tell you, my dad still does that. No way. We had the kids' birthday party. We had a kids' birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese last year, and my dad was mixing soda like a four-year-old. Oh my gosh! I was like, Dad, are you? Do I need to take you to the hospital? Are you having a medical event? What? Why would he do that? Uh, child at heart, I don't know. Man, all right. Here's a here's a good one, Denny. This next one's from at zip code. No cheating. What do you think the CJ and CJ Bethard stands for? Uh, Chris Jordan. I'm going to say Curtis, Curtis, Jason, Jason, okay. Jason's on a middle name though. Dang it. I messed that up. Let's see. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> it is, uh, Casey Jarrett. Okay. All right. Jarrett. That works. Actually, Casey Jarrett kind of comes together. Well, 
CJ Beathard's parents did a great job with that name. Casey Jerry. I, I, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. See, it's okay, but I, I guess CJ, CJ, CJ work. What, Denny, what's your take on people who have initials for first names? Uh, they're, they're, they're mostly idiots. I think. Yeah, no. I would, I would agree. I would. I, agree. I, uh, I mean, look, I changed my name on Twitter to CD Carter. So who am I to talk? That's true. That's a good point, man. That's it. That's it. I feel like, I feel like, uh, Casey Jarrett is, is strong. All right. Next one at electric gobbler, which of the productive wide receiver twos example, Boyd, Sanu, Lockett, etc. Do you see failing out of their usage and why, what are your roster favorite stashes rest of the season? Um, I can't think off the top of my head of who I'm who I'm stashing, or maybe like a Traquan Smith. But uh, of those guys, Tyler Lockett is scoring at a completely unsustainable rate right now. An insane rate, just crazy. He has a touchdown on every like 72 receiving yards when the average over the last seven years is a touchdown for wide receivers, a touchdown on every 166 yards. Right, and, or for, for Julio Jones, once every 6,900 yards. Right. Uh, this next question is from at Jake Break Baller. What is your take on people who like their own posts on Instagram and Facebook? I mean, it's a sign of desperation. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get mad. I, I think it's fun when people retweet themselves. For, for oh no, no, no. Well, retweeting yourself yes. is different. I, I know, I know, I know. I'm throwing that out there though. First, before I agree with you about the the Facebook and Instagram, like that's 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 psychotic. But I, yeah, I mean, you're posting. What do you you post an, your opinion on Facebook, and then you're like, hey, self, good opinion. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what is the point of that? Like, it doesn't. It, I I don't understand that behavior. The behavior that I don't understand also is when people get angry at other people retweeting their own stuff. What, what is that? Look, there are only so many ways to say, Hey, I have kicker takes for you. Right. You know, I, I don't feel like like inventing another way to say it. So I'm going to go back in my timeline and I'm going to retweet the thing that I tweeted 12 hours ago. Right. What, and there's know? only one way for me to say, Hey guys, remember I came up with this baby Tron nickname 12 days after he was drafted. And that's the only way I, the only way I can do it is if I retweet that tweet over and over again. And, and it's proof and it's proof. It's proof. It's it, the, a self retweet serves as proof. And you know, do I do I do I strut around the room when I self retweet? I do, but that that's right. that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. This next question is from at just swimming eleven. It says, "quote The ceiling is the roof," or "quote Pulled a rabbit out of his head." Better dad saying. Did you did you hear the the Jason Witten? Uh, <laughs> instead of pull a rabbit out of his hat, he said head. Yeah, yeah, but what, but what was the ceiling thing? Uh, Michael Jordan said that at a at a at, like I think it was like a pregame at a Carolina game, and he he said that the the ceiling is the roof. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the pulling the rabbit out of the head thing is uh, kind of horrific. Actually, <laughs> it's really horrific. You know, could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine this magician? Like, it's like a a super dark magician. Yeah, and being like, <laughs> right, right, you know, yeah. out of out of your head. I mean, out of the skull. I mean, I mean, it's the Halloween season, but good lord, Jason Witten. <laughs> yeah, my my goodness, I I I borderline feel bad making fun of Jason Witten, like because he's clearly struggling at this job, right? And and honestly, he's doing a better job than ninety nine point nine percent of people on Twitter criticizing him could do. Mm-hmm. So at times I feel bad for criticizing him, but then I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, he's also being paid a lot of money to be in the spotlight to do this. 
Well, and and also a lot of really talented people in the industry were passed up so that a former yeah, player could right. give his milk toast takes takes for three hours Bingo. during Monday Night Football. Bingo. Uh, this next question is from at Davis New When. If you put Sean McVay's 2018 football mind into his 2000 body and made him the new coach of the Rams instead of Mike Martz, how many Super Bowls does a 14-year-old McVay win with the greatest show on turf? <laughs> also, this is this is the, the real crux of the question. We'll, we'll end with this one. Also, rank this accomplishment among 90s kids' sports movies. Okay, so you have a 14-year-old head coach leading the Rams to Super Bowls. Yeah. What 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 '90s kids movie would be relatable to that? Uh, well, the the one uh, where the the kid hurts his arm. But Th- the... That was my thought. Rookie of yeah. the year, right? Right. It's there you the, go. the the only answer is rookie of the year. He won the pennant, but with, with being a pitcher in Major League Baseball at like 11 years old. Right, a pitcher, not a belly itcher. By the way, that's right. That's right. And. I also and, love the. Do you remember how that movie ended when like his arm like came back? Yeah, Floating. and then he, he yeah he fl- he floats one to the um, to the what 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 was that guy's was that the John Crook character? Yeah, essentially, <laughs> it's essentially who it was. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they always had in every baseball movie in the '90s there was a John Crook character. Right. Well, I mean, back then the Phillies were literally just a bunch of truck drivers. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just they would be done with their truck driving route and then <laughs> go play go baseball. Play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I was so legit. Crazy. I was legit scared of them back back in the day. Like they, you know, they they had uh, tobacco juice flowing out of their mouths like animals. I mean, those guys were nasty. Who else? They also had. Uh, didn't they have Darren Dalton? The, oh my God! They had Darren Dalton. They had uh, I forget the other guys' names, but they all had mullets. They all have tobacco just bursting out of their lips. Oh, my God. It, 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 none of those guys were in any kind of physical shape, by the way. No, that's what makes, it, that's what makes it so incredible. Yeah, and ba- obviously, back in, back, back in the day, you didn't have to be an athlete to play baseball. Right, right. Definitely has changed. Definitely. All right, Danny. I mean, for, for non-pitcher positions, it's changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't handle it. But yeah, I mean, rookie of the year is like the the clear. Like I started going through my head, I was like, Mighty Ducks. No, they just won some random like USA World Title against other kids their age. We're talking this eleven year old breaking yeah. his arm and competing against full grown men and and just poning and and just completely crushing them. Yeah, just completely crushing them. So yeah, that's that's the clear answer there. All right, Denny, that's gonna do it for today's show. Where can everyone find you? Uh, at CD Carter 13 on the twitter.com uh, sign up for our patreon page it's patreon.com slash living the stream I have my week seven kickers indispensable for your waiver wire needs and I'm on twitter at late round QB you can find all my work over on numberfire.com the report will be dropping tomorrow 15 transactions drop today on Tuesday go give them a read and then I have my podcast the late round podcast Denny is there a tilt montage this week? I don't even know if there is. Uh, there's not. There's not. I, I I apologize to the folks. I will have an emergency podcast. Well, not so emergency, but an extra podcast on the Patreon page tomorrow. Sweet. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football
sure about the 